Hey y'all, Illidan here with a quick message. We realized episodes 1 through 12 had some rough audio and tech issues, and I tried to edit it all out, but it didn't quite meet our standards. So what we're going to do is we're going to be re-recording some of the topics in later episodes that inevitably will have more ideas and different content still pertinent to the original topic. So as you listen to these older episodes, we humbly ask for your patience as we press on and strive to bring you better content each week. If you'd like to continue hearing uh, the original episode, keep listening. If not, look for the topic name in our episode list in our new episodes where we've learned to fix some of those issues. We hope you enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, goblins and paladins all. This is the sixth episode where we, the story weavers, help you as players and dungeon masters, new, old, and aspiring, with questions and ideas for your next tabletop role-playing game. Welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Illidine, and as always, I'm here with Thorn. Hello. And Robbie. Hola. Uh, the topic of this episode is getting into character. Um, so guys, we'll do a couple of, uh, of points. I know we, we talked about it in the bonus content. Um, bonus content. Bonus content. Bonus content. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of bonus content, uh, if you guys want bonus content, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash this dungeon is occupied. Uh, where you can join any number of tiers, uh, anything from just general support at a dollar a month or anything all the way up to even joining our uh, campaigns or joining a new campaign that we write just for you guys. Um, so take a look at that. We have a Facebook page uh, at this dun dungeon random uh, bleh, 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 at this dungeon is occupied on Facebook. Uh, and then we have Spotify, we have Google Podcasts, and of course Podbean, uh, who is our, I guess, a, not necessarily a parent uh, podcasting stream, but our original one, the OG, um, that we post on every Thursday. So right after this, because we're recording on Thursday, I will edit the episode and it'll be live and you'll be listening to it today. Whew. Okay. <laughs> so you done? You're I am. Okay. Those those are my uh, those are my announcements today. Yeah. I had to. You know, I forgot to breathe. Okay, it happens. <laughs> um, especially with like apparently there's Sahara dust in America right yeah. now. Like and oh, that explains a lot. It explains oh a lot because God. yeah, there was like Sahara dust and then mixed with all the mold from this like torrential rain we've been having the past week. <laughs> um, so yeah, my nose is like, what? what is going on? Okay. Anyway, back to the podcast. Um, so for me, uh, getting into character, uh, as I told you guys in the bonus content, I usually go based off of the ideals and flaws that I set up for my character and then my backstory. Um, usually that's, um, I have a small, a small sheet that has my uh, backup character or my backstory, or uh, I've been recently using my iPad uh, with the app. It's called Fifth. That's literally all it is. I think it's, it, it might even be Fifth Fight. I'm not sure, but it's a Dungeons and Dragons app. Um, if you guys want to check that out. Um, in the app store but uh i mean there's even dnd beyond there is dnd and beyond but i don't uh, i'm cheap and i don't pay for things like dungeon uh, dnd beyond 
it's for, just like, like a Netflix account. Like, just find somebody to buy everything, and then you know. Well, yeah, I mean that's why. I, yeah, that's why I found you. Because <laughs> you buy everything, but I don't. That's but yeah, <laughs> tell me you don't have the game the game master package. On well, Dungeons I have the game master package now, um, <laughs> but only because like I've bought everything individually and didn't realize I could buy it in a bundle, and I bought it over time. So yes, you're correct. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, normally I have the backstory on um, on the app or on a piece of paper in front of me, um, and generally, you know, if it's a character that I'm building, I already know sort of how I'm going to um, play that character and how I want that player to, or I mean, that player, that character to um, to come off at the table. Um, and so I usually try to stay in character at the table or uh, depending on the group, I will talk in third person uh, every once in a while, you know, and say, oh, uh, my character does this. And he says, and then I get into character and, and do what he, or say what he says. Uh, what about you guys? Um, I mean, for me, when I, when I'm at the table, I'll uh, I'll have my character sheet in front of me, and I'm usually um, kind of envisioning what my character is going to be doing ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then um, whenever interactions happen, I usually will switch into character. And then if I'm if I'm not in character, I'll usually like raise my hand or indicate that I'm not in character right now. Please don't punish me for the things I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> And um, it's really easy to do when you're like at a table of people you've been playing with for forever because they can sure. kind of uh, they can kind of dig, they can kind of um, sift through what is uh, character and what is uh, you just saying something off right. the top of your head, which is very common when we play because I mean we know each other so we'll make comments or something. Um, right. But I've played in tables where people have been like, if you're not in character, you need to raise this uh, this. Uh, talking stick to let me know you're not in character because I will I will make you do the thing that you say outside of character if you don't tell me you're not in character and I'm like well that's that's terrible and I wow yeah because <laughs> my ADD brain would not be able to handle that I I would say a comment like I go kill the dragon he's like are you sure okay let's go and I'm like uh, that's not what I meant <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, what about I, you? I don't, know what you mean, I don't know what you mean about making comments outside the game. I just, I don't do that. Oh, okay. Oh, and okay. I picture, <laughs> when I picture Robbie getting into character, I just picture like little mice in his head saying, what do you want to do tonight, Brain? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing we do every night, Pinky, try to take over the world. That's basically <laughs> it right That's there. Fair. That's Robbie's character. Um, That's pretty um, fair. Yeah, we don't we don't own, we don't own the copyright to Pinky and the Brain. Don't don't get us. No, no, no. It's just a comment out of game. <laughs> I mean, what what's uh what's Pinky and the Brain owned by like Warner Brothers and like like the DC Incorporate Corporation? I think we're fine as long as we don't as long as we don't reference the mouse or any of the mouse content. I think we're good. I think yeah, I think we're okay. I think our families yeah. are fine. Our families are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, the thing about I've been I've been playing D and D and in tabletop games for so long. It, it the process of, of any getting any, any character is evolves the longer you play. Because when you first start, you're basically playing yourself. 
I mean, it doesn't matter. Most people are playing themselves or who they want themselves to be. Sure. And so you think about it along those lines. But I found out the longer I play, and it, it does, it takes me a long time to make a character that I truly want to play mm-hmm. because I put a lot of thought and, and really in feeling into to the backstory, into uh, who that I make, I flesh them out as much as I can. I make them a person. Right. And uh, so I, one thing I'll give, you know, any of the, the players that are new or even ones that have been playing forever. You do like me. If you can't do voices, don't do voices. Yeah. Because I can't do voices. <laughs> Period. I'm horrible at that. <laughs> and uh, so it doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be part of your character. If you can do voices, I know several people that can do voices really well. It's great. I'm not one of them. I can't do it. Yeah. But Well, and then like on the, on the strain of voices, uh, sometimes your voice will change anyway. Like Thorn, you do it as well when you when you know that you're like when you're switching characters like especially in in world of darkness when you're you're storytelling um when you switch between the npcs that you're running just the the air of that character you know if he's a pompous ass your voice changes just a little bit to that pompousy you know kind of kind of tone and so you're not necessarily doing a voice it's still thorn's voice but it's not the the normal timbre, uh, is what music people would call it, um, but uh, it's not the same kind of sound. Like we, like Robbie and I, would know, like, oh, that's not Thorn talking. That's so and so's character. I just changed the inflection, right? Uh, and that's that's a a good way to do it. That I I get by on that that pretty much alone. Yeah, and you you can make your voice serious. You can make it you know, a little higher pitch, you know, a uh, little more happy-go-lucky. Uh, I, I did that really well with uh, with Tara and uh, Rick. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. I, I played two characters at once. You could tell who was talking by the way I talked. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, speaking of Rick and Tara, um, Robbie mentioned it in the bonus content about references. Bonus we hit bonus content. Bonus uh, <laughs> content. We referenced the hell out of Ladyhawk. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, the whole idea for Terran Rick was Ladyhawk. Right. So, you know, listeners, new players, and, and dungeon masters or story weavers, if you see a movie and you're like, man, that would be a cool D&D character, make it a damn D&D character. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we talk about it all the time, steal everything. So mm-hmm. if if you're having trouble getting into into character that's one thing that i've done for sure is if i'm making a character based off of a show or a book i'm going to reference that book or that that show and say okay well this is how that actor or the author has portrayed this character i'm going to try and emulate that i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be a a a jason momoa of uh voice actors uh but if i can at least try and get 10% 10% of what Jason Momoa brings to that character, I think I'm doing fucking amazing at this D&D table. <laughs> or, I mean, you could sound like um, straight out of Hotel Transylvania. Um, bleh, bleh, like bleh. McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's something to talk about, too, is just having fun with it. Because, I mean, that's, that's the number one rule of the game anyway. Um, but 
if you don't do voices like Thorn doesn't do voices and Robbie, you know, has this uh, vampire that he plays and we named him or he named him McCormick, even though he's Egyptian and it's hilarious. Yeah, uh, because I don't apparently have my uh, my geography down or like any sense of where the world is, apparently. Um, yeah, I was like, I was like, McCormick sounds like a good name for an Egyptian vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah, running. Completely. Yeah, so the running joke has been one, my character constantly calls him bad vodka. Um and right. and he always does the Hotel Transylvania blah blah blah. <laughs> and that's just kind of been the joke. But because of that, it's it has fleshed out his character just that that much more, and we just have a blast with it and we laugh every time. I mean, it's really the only way I can get those get those uh, vampiric like V's down. Because um, <laughs> I I can every time I just start to talk like try to just go straight for McCormick's voice, I'm like I I stumble over it and I have to do blah, 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 over and over. Yeah. <laughs> now, and, it, and I've now it, it and it also depends on the the types of characters that that they play. Mm-hmm. Um, be it serious, even the serious ones, man, you funnel fit. Yeah, that's it. That's the that's if any any if anybody listens to podcast and learns anything, just have fun with the game. Yeah, it's Please. the game, or else, <laughs> or else. <laughs> I yeah, cannot, I don't think I don't think in recent years that I have not played. I haven't played a D game that I did not enjoy. Yeah, and that, and you know, yeah, that that does kind of lend to the fact that we've been playing with friends most of the time. But even with strangers, if you go into the game thinking I'm going to have fun with this, and not, I mean, you know, not be a dick at the table, but um, if you don't necessarily care about how you sound to other people, you know, like whether you're going to attempt a voice or you're attempting a different character that isn't really your personality and you're a little nervous about it, just don't care. Like if you're having fun with it, I guarantee you the rest of the table is going to have fun with it. I mean, I've, I've stumbled. I mean, Demi, my character and Robbie's, uh, Ugorth campaign, like it's a weird mishmash of Russian and Swedish accents with the occasional like country hick accent, because that's what I am. (laughs) So, you know, it happens. But it sounds, it sounds really well. It comes off really well. Like the the mix is just beautiful and lends to your character, and gives <laughs> it that unique flavor for a character. So, yeah, um, and my character just likes to give speeches. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but damn it, it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then uh, like let's look at um, uh, Raven for example when she plays milo i mean she originally started him out as he she uh she wanted him that's really rough to say when changing sexes and character uh but she wanted him to uh be more of that assholey type of character and it just didn't fly (laughs) like she tried to make him that character and it didn't work so we changed the story just a little bit to where he started out that way but over time he started losing that personality trait because he was spending more time with the party you know death was happening things were making him humble 
um and his voice is really high pitched yeah (laughs) and then towards the end he sounded like a depressed cat i mean but it was there was a lot of uh there was a lot of things that happened to this poor cat character that uh he i mean you know he had luckily he had his dragon companion and he became a paladin of anubis but or a cleric of anubis um but it was interesting to see Raven change this, the, the voice just a little bit, you know, even though she says that she was nervous and didn't know how to do it, she did it kind of naturally. And that's going to happen too. the, the longer you play a character, you're just going to eventually be that character at the table. It just happens. And it, it might be something as simple as just the timber or the, the cadence of w- in which you speak in that character. Mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. Oh yeah. Uh, it it really does. And even in that same in the same campaign, uh I played twins Rick and Tara. They uh Tara was really big into not trusting anybody. Mm-hmm. She didn't like anybody. She didn't want anybody to talk to her. She was just Rick's sister. And through the backstory there's reasons for that. But over the course of a year and a half campaign, things happen. Like, like you said, losing people, different things happen. And she actually became uh, a bit of a cleric too. So, I mean, that, that kind of threw me for a loop on that one. And I'm the one that did it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did kind of push a, a bunch of different options at you, and you're like, uh, that one. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It just made the most sense the way the story went. Right. And it might not have been the way I wanted my character to go at the beginning, but I understood it when it happened. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and technically in the end, your original goal that you had uh, told me when we talked about, you know, the, the core of Rangers, which is an idea that I stole from the Rangers apprentice. Um, they, you, you said, you know, you wanted to get rid of the curse on the twins. And when you found out about the Ranger core that, and that your, your character's dad was in it, you absolutely wanted Tara to join the Ranger core. Well, she became a cleric, but then towards the end, after the war and everything, we still wrote her in that she's going uh, right now. She's in training uh, for the Ranger Corps, and you know your character's kind of roughly stuck there for three years in game, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do have a feeling that Rick might have a a cameo in this second arc, though. That that doesn't oh. surprise me then. <laughs> well, I mean that would that would make a lot of sense with Milo being there and everything. Well, yeah, and I mean session one, Milo like screamed into the uh, the descending stone, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yelling for Rick. <laughs> so, yeah. and he's nothing if not loyal. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we'll, you know. It could be something that you Rick starts traveling because he's not a magic-y person. So it's either yeah. he hires somebody to teleport him or uh, or you just sail <laughs> and, and get there when you get there. Um, Illidane. Uh, well, he's retired. I'm just saying. <laughs> Illidane's retired. He gave Milo his hat and left. He did not go back to his ship. 
He's like, really? I'm done. Well, you did lose most of your crew, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I have to be bit vague uh, because there's hidden stuff for uh, Raven uh, with Illidine, but um, Illidine uh, did hitch a ride um, back to uh, Mir. And that's where he. Well, I figured that. Yeah, he he told the party that that's where he was planning on retiring anyway. It just yeah. so happens that he, you know, retired a little early. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Tobin to make an appearance. He tends to make appearance where he's not wanted. This is true. Yeah. And you know, okay, so that's another thing. So let's talk about Tobin. How about that? Um, when we bring Tobin into any of the games, even even some of the one shots, it's like a, a love hate relationship with the dungeon masters <laughs> and story weavers, uh, because inevitably, like so, uh, Forrest, who was on the first episode, he did a one shot where Tobin popped up, and it was the funniest thing in the world because Thorne asked, you know, hey, can Tobin show up? And you just hear. <sighs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like so i mean it, it's it's kind of funny how that that works out and i think i think tobin and slash tobias is probably the uh, the epitome of your charactership thorn i think that was like that was your masterpiece your chef's kiss of characters yeah <laughs> it, it really was and it, it it just about broke brian yeah uh, but that uh yeah he he kind of came out of nowhere and just his acting in i mean i mean he's a kinder so most people think of kinders as acting very childlike mm-hmm. which he does but he's not well he's a kinder but he's a con artist right so he lets people think that he's childlike so when i play him i have to play very random and erratic Mm -hmm. so i tend to when when i'm getting ready to play him i i picture some of the like the cartoons i watched when i was a kid like with the little yappy dog jumping up in the big dog's face yeah so i kind of picture that and that's the way he acts Mm -hmm. and it's very He's very small, and he just kind of appears, and he's looking at this, and he's looking at that. And the whole time, he's picking people's pockets because his pickpocket's insane. Yeah. And it, But he doesn't steal nothing. He just finds it on the yeah, ground. You dropped it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, somebody walks up to the head of mine. He's like, oh, I found this on the ground. I see yours. Here you go. And he gives it back. But at the same time, he knows whatever. He's listening to what they're saying. He's listening to what people are saying. Yeah. He's very, very smart. And that was that was the greatest thing that I liked about it when I first met Tobin slash Tobias is that Tobin was there listening, but you know, in the in the city that we were in in this campaign, um, uh, with Brian, who nobody uh, on the listener side of things knows yet because we haven't talked any stories, but Brian was the story weaver, um, and there was a bounty on your head or for for Tobin's head. So Tobin was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to disappear for a little bit. And Tobias shows up, who looks suspiciously like Tobin, but just dresses different and acts differently. 
<laughs> completely differently and is everybody's best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I unfortunately can't speak to most of this because I wasn't there. For most of this. <laughs> no, you actually, the, I think right when I was in the thick of Tobin and Tobias was the first time I actually met you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. I was, I was running that Descent to Avernus game that went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we could talk about my character in that one too, but, um, but uh, yeah. So after Robbie, once you met Thorn, um, Tobit, we kind of ended that campaign or that arc, and we haven't played the next arc, which was one of the reasons why Tobin ended up in my campaign because he was just so fun. Um, and so he pops in every now and then, and that's something that, you know, players and, and new DMs, you guys can do absolutely bring one of your characters in, bring uh, a memorable character from one of your friends, um, have a, have a talk back, you know, uh, have, have somebody come in as a little cameo. Uh, and that, that does a couple of things. One, it, it makes it, um, you know, laughable or memorable, uh, in the moment, but it also, you know, especially like, for instance, Thorn. Anytime Tobin comes in, Thorn's no longer playing the character he's playing in the campaign. He role plays Tobin for a while, and then jumps back and forth, and that causes Thorn to have to work a little harder because I purposely ask both of his characters questions nonstop. So he has to bounce back and forth between characters quite often, <laughs> and it. it I'm suspiciously good at. It. Yeah, and it's really funny to listen to Thorne just talk to himself back and forth every once in a while. We can, we can do it for hours. Yeah. I'll do it. And the thing about and I, we haven't really brought Tobias in yet, no. but when I came up with Tobias, it was on the fly. And I basically pictured like Nathan Lane's character from the Birdcage mm-hmm. and Mrs. Doubtfire. Nice. I can see it. So... <laughs> And that's that's really just a match of them two, and that's Tobias. Yeah, and he just kind of comes in waves. Mm-hmm. He's the one that truly causes the most problems. <laughs> <laughs> and so, would you say, you know, for the sake of of sticking uh, to topic, would you say that reference is the biggest thing for you? For me, yes. Yeah, it really does. It helps me get the the feel of the, the personalities down. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, so, it seems like I'm forever playing two characters. Yeah. So it, or at least two and one, and it just, to go back and forth, it can be kind of difficult sometimes, especially when I have Rick, Tara and Tobin all in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. That can be, that can be difficult. So I keep things kind of locked in my head as the, as the which one's which. And, I mean, I watch so many movies, it's just easy. It's, yeah. it's easier for me to picture personalities from movies or books and start there. Right. And I think, you know, for the sake of, of new new players and, and Dungeon Masters, uh, keep it simple is, is probably the thing that I had to learn early on. You know, because like Thorne and I have quite a few years under our belt and Robbie's getting up there. Um, cause you have six years, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we've gotten better at, at improv and at, at story weaving and things like that, we've been able to add more variety to things, but the very first 
session I ever DM'd, all of my NPCs sounded damn near the same. They just had a different name. And that was the only way that I was able to differentiate between the NPCs was one was uh, Brom from like uh, an icy region. And I uh, attempted to, to have, if anybody plays League of Legends, I attempted to have that Brom accent. Um, and then there was like a Chad, but they sounded <laughs> roughly the same, you know, <laughs> a Chad. Um, and the, that's something that I, I actually, I learned that from um, Tolkien was that the basics of his NPCs in, in the books, if you pay, if you actually pay attention, they're all pretty much cookie cutter. It's just that he changed the names to discern the region of where they were from if you were from the rohirrim you had a specific style of names if you were from you know uh rivendale you had an elvish name and you could still look at everybody and like and baromir and aomir were from two different sides of the map their names rhymed but they were roughly the same people <laughs> yeah. They were just, you know, battle-hardy men. One rode a horse, one had a shield. That was it. Like, <laughs> you know, realistically. <laughs> yeah. But the way that Tolkien wrote, it, it, you didn't really pay attention to that. And so that's, that's something that you have, to, you have to learn to just kind of switch little subtle things, keeping it simple, and you have a completely different character. Yeah. Oh, well, um, oh uh, what were you going to say? I say one of the things talking is he lets you, he lets the reader fill in the blank spots. Exactly. So that um, when you're creating NPCs, that's what you have to do. Just make them a little different and let the the people fill in the blank spots. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's the that's the best part about it is that it, whatever they come up with is much better than what you're going to come up with anyway. So, like whatever they whatever they they create based on your NPC, like whatever they fill in the blank, it's much more fleshed out in their head than anything you could Well, I mean, because more than one brain is always better, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, but and believe, and believe it or not, there's a lot of uh, a lot of weight on a DM shoulder to create personalities for all their NPCs. Mm -hmm. It makes it difficult. Yeah. And by yeah. being able to leave those blank spots, it takes a little bit of the onus off the, the the story weaver and lets the players actually feel more involved, to be honest. Yeah, and I was gonna exactly. uh, I was gonna shamelessly plug Robbie's blog um, because uh, if you guys read blogs, um, we have the this podcast has a blog. Uh, from our parent company slash sponsor, uh, Captain Raven's Emporium. So you can go to candremporium.com and see Robbie's blog about world building. And he, the first blog that we have right now is about character backstory, but it's the same, the same concept that he was talking about is the, as a DM, if you let your players write their character backstories and use some of whatever is in that backstory for your world, Maybe it's a city that they grew up in um, that, you know, technically doesn't exist in your world, but now it does. Um, maybe there's a, a person of interest in the character's backstory that you're like, oh, that sounds like a cool NPC. Let me make uh, let me make Count Dooku just because it's in this person's character backstory. Right? Exactly. Um, 
and it the the thing that i have to i try to warn people uh in, in almost every episode but i haven't named it yet is don't worry about the matt mercer effect <laughs> um none of us are gonna be on par i mean there might be one person that's on par with matt mercer but he is a legend uh in D terms and you know he's a professional voice actor he literally does nothing but voice acting and writing DD. he has that kind of time to flesh out a world the way to to the extent that he does but i know the three of us and most of the the listeners that are going to be on the, uh, that are going to be listening to this podcast we have a full-time job. Some of us have kids. We, you know, we have a couple of different hobbies. D and D isn't our end-all, be-all, full-time income. As much as we'd want it to. As much as we want it to, and maybe in the future, you know, uh, if uh, we have enough support, we can do that. But um, we need to make sure that we're reminding ourselves and and new DMs and new characters. Don't worry about not sounding like Grog from Critical Role or um uh marisha ray's character don't you know you that's why we always talk about i mean i think we've said it in almost every episode so far is keeping it simple and having fun well speaking of keeping it simple um and going back to uh like getting into character Mm -hmm. um one of the easiest things i found to to do if you if you're really struggling to like distinguish your character like to to make it to make it as you're when you're voicing your character and make it sound um, unique in some way and you really want like a simple way to do that you could always just um, uh, instead of changing your voice you could always um, have your character have like a speech impediment or have your character have your character be um, like switch letters up in their in their speech like it doesn't always have to be your voice change it could always be something about your character's speech patterns that distinguish them and those are always a little easier to do um, they don't require you to like practice a voice or take like an improv class or like um, practice in front of a mirror shamelessly. Not that I do <laughs> that, um, but um, you you can literally just uh, change one small thing in your character's um, speaking pattern, and that could separate your character, like make it unique, sound, make it sound um, different at the table. Um, so. Thorn and Robbie, um, since we've talked about um, our ideals, flaws, references, we've talked about speech uh, cadences, we've talked about speech impediments, we've talked about keeping it simple. Um, what would be, we'll start with Robbie first, what would be your number one, your, your, like the, the one thing that gets you into character? Sorry, I had to I had to mute really quickly. Um, the dog was barking. Um, one thing that gets me into character. Yes. Um, the uh, one thing that gets me into character is usually my uh, is I'll usually have an idea already for a character um, when I when I hit the when I get to the table. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I do. I use references for my characters, including. Um, like movies or TV shows, like uh, Thorne was saying about uh, about how he watches movies a lot and uh, kind of he has ideas for characters from that. I do that a lot too. Um, I'll usually I'll usually make a uh, make a list of like character ideas before I go into a game, and I'll I'll choose from that list um, character characteristics and everything. 
before the the game starts and that's what usually gets me prepared for my character i go in i already have a plan pretty excited about it yeah and what about you thorn well the first session is always the hardest because that's when you're when you're really fleshing it out mm-hmm. so i will use references i will use my backstory i will just think of all that stuff and it, that helps me get into that that character mm-hmm. but after the first session i find it a lot easier because it's more of who's there with me okay like the, the people in the game the game is itself and i've already placed this character in there mm-hmm. so when i'm thinking about it i'm like okay what did i do last session even though half the time i can't remember yeah uh, because i play in so many games <laughs> at all I'm horrible. I am absolutely horrible. But even if, even with a free journal that I gave you specifically for note taking, oh, I've, I've used it. <laughs> it keeps my gold does it, and does magic it say, items. Perfectly. Does it say like? Does it have like just notes about everyone you've killed or? <laughs> no, it just has like a thousand gold and magic yeah. items. Like it, it's more yeah. his banknote than it is his notebook. <laughs> Exactly, which is what you meant, right? Okay, so, but yeah, it's it to me it, it could be the other characters and just hearing them, and then it it helps me remember where I'm at in the game at that point. Yeah, for me, um, I I've actually used body language a lot uh, for my characters if I know that I'm I'm playing, you know, like Illidan's kind of more of a. Um, a more fluid flamboyant character he likes to flirt a lot i i will use very superfluous motions you know like uh when when thorn first met illidine uh he was talking to a female uh and he bowed really low and he used uh the cantrip gust to have his uh hat roll from one arm across his shoulders to the other in this ridiculous bow, uh, having the feather touch the floor and everything. Um, and at the table, I did a similar motion. You know, I still I stayed seated, but I did a similar motion so that the people at the table knew what exactly what I meant. And that gave that to me, that gives my uh, at least my mind a little more uh, 4D depth uh, to my character. And so it it puts me into that character a little bit easier if I use that body language. Oh, and hey, if you're if you, if you guys are into dressing up, if you dress up and go to a DVD game, believe it or not, it's not that weird. Yeah, I've really seen not. a lot of people do it. Yeah. And I mean, if, I, mean it, I, I go to, to run fairs all the time. If, if you do that and if you do LARPing, man, it is actually really fun to have a full table of fully cosplayed LARPing dressed out people. Um, and depending on the venue that you're at, if you guys are allowed weapons and stuff, you can brandish your weapons and things. It's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. Costume and costumes make it really easy to dive into your character. Gives you an idea of what your character would feel like and how your um, how your character would look. And so it's it's a great way to delve in. Yeah. Uh, any last uh, words before we end this podcast, guys? Yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're just beginning, don't worry so much about what other people think about your character. 
Yeah. As long as you're happy with it, that's all that really matters. Facts. Your happiness is what counts. Don't let anyone tell you that uh, differently than that. <laughs> yeah, and just, I mean, we've said it time and time again, have fun. That is, that's rule number one. Um, so if you guys liked this content, give us a like, share a review. Um, we're having uh, a little bit of trouble getting onto uh, Apple Podcasts, but uh, for the people who are listening on Google Podcasts, uh, give us a, uh, a five-star review, please, and, and uh, write a little bit of feedback uh, in the review section. If you're on Spotify, uh, give us a like and a follow. Uh, and if you're on Podbean, um, you're more than welcome to download the episode, like it, and follow the, uh, the page. Um, and like I said in the beginning, you can find us on Facebook or Patreon uh, at This Dungeon is Occupied. Uh, and you can find Robbie uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Glimpse the Unknown, uh, yeah. where he hosts um, a, a game every other Monday. And we just started uh, a game on Tuesdays every other Tuesday. Uh, so there's at least one stream going on uh, every week because we, we offset them. So the Monday game's on one week and Tuesday's on the following week. So that way there's something every week. Um, and we're hoping to get some more streams onto that uh, channel. Um, and uh, if you'd like to support us, go there or go to our Patreon and uh, support us and have fun. Enjoy the, the bonus content and the extra episodes. Bonus and content. <laughs> bonus content. <laughs> Bonus uh, <laughs> uh, and if you guys want to uh, ask a certain question, uh, you can email us uh, or talk to us on Facebook. You can just shoot us a little message. Um, and uh, my email address can be found at candremporium.com. Uh, that's our, our sponsor company uh, that helps us uh, run this podcast. Um, and we host it. Uh, through there and through Podbean. So you guys can shoot us a message, ask us questions. If you guys have uh, a specific topic you guys want us to talk about, let us know there. And you can we'll... send a carrier pigeon. Sign you know what? Together. Send a carrier pigeon. Let's. If I get a character pigeon or a carrier pigeon, we are, we are doing an episode solely on that. That's just make it happen. I don't know who yeah. you are out there, but make it happen. <laughs> I, I can work with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can work with that. We so, also accept requests from the unknown, like uh, from the spirit world or anything. Yeah, so. or, you know, the far plane. Far plane. I, you know, we don't judge here. Just just shoot us your, your questions and your feedback, uh, and you might end up on an episode. Who knows? Uh, and with that, check your dungeons, because this dungeon is occupied.